Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and we have made it to Christmas in July. In today's episode, I have a, a special guest back with us, Rachel McMillan, and she's the author of many wonderful books, including the uh, Very Merry Holiday Movie Guide. When she was on the podcast last, we talked a bit about her book and Christmas movies in general. And so I invited her back on to talk about Hallmark's upcoming Christmas in July movies and other made-for-TV Christmas movies that we might be able to see in uh, the month of July. And then in just a couple of weeks, I have my uh, one-year anniversary episode. I can't believe it's already been a year and about to start my second year of doing this podcast. And I just want to take a moment even now to say thank you to all of you who listen, who have shared the podcast on your social medias, that have responded and emailed, even sent gifts and helped support the show uh, financially. Uh, There's just a long, long list of people to thank. And, uh, And you know, you all know who you are. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast family. Do you like Hallmark Christmas movies? I have not seen a lot of them, so I'm still kind of a newbie. Uh, But last night I watched Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe. I got this movie recommended out of uh, Rachel's book, and it's supposed to be a twist on the Pride and Prejudice story by Jane Austen. I don't know exactly if I would call it a adaptation of Pride and Prejudice because short of just using some names and very, very few plot points, if at all, it could be argued, there's not much there that resembles the Pride and Prejudice story. That being said, the actress, the main character of the movie is played by Lacey Chaubert. And if you love Hallmark movies, you know her quite well. This was my first movie with her in it, and I gotta say, she was definitely the bright spot of this movie. It's not gonna win any Oscars, (laughs) but I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It hit me in the feels. You know, I felt Christmassy, and maybe it was just yesterday, the heat that we've had broke. It was only a high of 70 degrees, so we had our windows open. Cool air was blowing into the house, and then the, the visual treat of a Hallmark movie Chris, of a Hallmark Christmas movie is astounding. It, it looked beautiful. The colors, the decorations, the music, the, the clothes, everything just screamed Christmas. It is what I needed to watch yesterday, and it was just wonderful. So I'm excited about watching some more here in July and capturing those Christmas feels in what will likely be the hottest month here in Iowa. Our guest today is no stranger to the world of Christmas movies. (laughs) She's the author of A Very Merry Holiday Movie Guide and uh, several wonderful mysteries and fiction series that will occasionally have Christmas in it as well. Yeah. Uh, So it's our good friend, Rachel McMillan, back on the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking Christmas. (laughs) Oh, me too, which is, uh, you know... That's why I have the podcast. So, <laughs> all right. So, how are how are things been since you've been on last? Good. I'm trying to think. It was December uh, when we so. were on last. Um, yeah, it's been good. Been writing a lot. Um, and you know, I I don't know about you, but I have found the first half of this year to have just flown. I mean, yeah. Lincoln, you'll miss it, and suddenly it's almost the middle of summer. So it's gone by quickly. But uh, yeah, and. Christmas was a little bit different this past year, but still my favorite season. I mean, it's hard to, I think because so much about Christmas is so portable, the things that we love about it are so mm-hmm. home centric often. So even though it looked a bit different, people could still enjoy the movies and have their favorite recipes and uh, keep things close to home more than usual, but still be able to make it very meaningful. So. Yeah, we had to uh, Zoom with some family while we opened yeah. presents, but I I was just grateful we had the technology to do that. So yes. I can remember back when I was a kid, my my dad would sometimes put up a video camera and just record us all opening presents. And 
I have no idea if that those actually made it into the mail to you know grandma and grandpa or anything. <laughs> like an early, he was on top of things. That was early Zoom, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And knowing my dad, it's probably still in the box somewhere. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. Well, before we get talking about all the Christmassy goodness, uh, as I mentioned, you're an author, mm-hmm. uh, and I just read uh, the Bachelor Girl's Guide to Murder. See, I even have. The oh, book there it is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was my first ever published book. <laughs> I was looking around to see what to read, and I, I like sometimes I just like to start at the beginning. So mm-hmm. I saw that was the first one, but this is more. Just I had a question: Was was there like a a short story or something that went before that? So here's the funny thing. They're kind of inspired by my love for Sherlock Holmes and the Mm -hmm. Sherlock Holmes adventures were never told chronologically. Like Doyle would publish Hound of Baskervilles and then he'd publish something else that was in a different chronology. So there are actually three short stories and three longer novel length books in that series, but they can be read out of order. However, the Christmas themed book in that series is called A Singular and Whimsical Problem. Mm-hmm. And it really cheap on Amazon. Actually, I think my publisher has a sale on it right now. And it is set in Toronto in the Edwardian period during Christmas time. So yeah, yeah. I, I I just bought that one because I, I looked and saw, oh, that's a Christmas <laughs> one and it's in the series. Yeah. I'll get it. So and yeah, I think it was a dollar ninety-nine or something oh, like cheap. that. So, and um yeah. the Conan Doyle story, the Sherlock Holmes story that's set at Christmas time is the blue carbuncle. So mm-hmm. it's kind of got that little flavor to it but yes that was a very fun series to write and set in my my town of toronto and during Mm -hmm. the edwardian period which Mm -hmm. a lot of our christmas i mean some great christmas moments and vintage postcards and such came out of that era so i wanted to there was that society for uh that in in your book i can't remember the name now the society that was keeping the women yeah so morality. that's is that a real based, thing it's well i made up the term but it's actually based on real societies that had the jurisdiction to arrest women if they thought they were being vagrant and that included loitering by a streetcar but most often if a jilted lover or a husband or a brother was upset with their wife or girlfriend or relative at the moment, they could go and report these women for nothing. And these women often ended up in these reformatories. And it's actually a dark part of Toronto's history. Um, So of course my female detectives on their cases dress as men to try and avert this, but um, yeah, it really was. Toronto has a, a history of, uh, wanting to be known as Toronto the good. And so they cleaned up the streets. And one of the first things they did was make sure that if women were seen as being just a little too uh, <laughs> forward, and I'm not mm-hmm. even talking about like, uh, just women out alone could be seen as a threat right. to this. So yeah, right. it's a pretty interesting part of our past. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, I was wondering because, you know, sometimes when you write historical fiction, you, you play fast and loose with the history mm-hmm. just to fit the story. But there is something about that, that I, I'm like, I bet that really happened. <laughs> yeah, I do try. I mean, yeah. I, you, you have historical liberties and I've got right. poetic license, but right. I do try to make sure that everything comes from a kernel of something that actually happened. And that's one of those things. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's a good story. And uh, I love how, how your characters try to subvert that and, <laughs> and uh, express their independence as they should. So <laughs> it was a really good story. So I, I will uh, like to recommend different books and things. So I, I, I I, I was really excited to see all the Christmas in, in some of your writings. So we'll, we'll be yeah. talking more about your books in upcoming shows, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this episode will drop in July. And uh, as everyone knows the term Christmas in July. And for some people, that's a sign of it's time for a headache. Uh, but <laughs> for, for us Christmas fans, we get excited because mm-hmm. there's usually movies, there's maybe decorations up at stores and commercials and all that. So um, I want to go ahead and uh, tap into your expertise here and talk about what's going to be new and and upcoming here in Christmas in July for uh, the world of Christmas TV movies. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And I, 
like you, I grew up in a small, I live in Toronto now, which has like 3 million people. So not so small, but I grew up in a small town that has some Hallmark Christmas movie type qualities to it. It's right on the lake. And we always had a Christmas in July festival down at the Harbor and people would decorate their boats with strings of Christmas lights and trees and such. So I have always thought it's such a wonderful um, tradition to not have to wait until December to bring out these amazing movies and celebrate Christmas in whatever way you can. In Very Merry Holiday Movie Guide, I even added a chapter about Christmas in July and how to make your world festive, even if it's 100 degrees outside. Um, but one thing that Hallmark is doing is, I think it's next week even, they start. They show, now usually they show... Um, I follow them on Facebook. So if you ever want to know what's going on on the Hallmark channel, their Facebook page is wonderful. And it looks like every Thursday night they have been showing Christmas movies for a block of time. But starting next week, their Christmas programming comes back for the entire month. And if you live in Canada like me, the W Network is going to be showing a ton of Hallmark Christmas movies during July. But as we talked about last time, if you don't have these channels, you can subscribe to Hallmark streaming and pay. You could even just decide for a month, just like pay $6.99, get Hallmark now, just watch a ton of Christmas movies or use Amazon Prime, Netflix. There's a way to curate your own Christmas programming. Um, but one of the things that they're doing this year is releasing a new movie called Crashing Through the Snow. So they usually have one new debut. Um, and I'm just going through my notes here. What they're doing is a lot of themes that allow them to show their Christmas movies through what's happening in the world right now. So they're going to have on the 4th of July, obviously for my American friends like you, that's a huge mm -hmm. day. So mm -hmm. they're... Um, their family on the fourth is going to be a lot of family friendly films that focus on family because people are going to be having barbecues. Um, they also have, you know, a salute to Christmas, which is going to be a lot about um, there's usually some military themed Christmas movies that Hallmark mm -hmm. releases every year. So July the 3rd, you're going to get USS Christmas deliver by Christmas. These are all, um, Christmas films that feature service workers. They've got a day that's all about Christmas music movies, like Christmas in Nashville, Christmas at Dollywood. So they're really, I think, going all out at trying to streamline the Christmas movies this year to reflect some of the events that are happening in the summer. So hmm. there's, you know, here, do your usual summer stuff, but now with more Christmas. So I think that's really interesting. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, uh, celebrate the first day of summer yesterday i, I watched a christmas movie so I, yeah you watched them yeah. um, you emailed it it's pride prejudice and mistletoe right yes yes uh i i was um looking in your book for some ideas and then i, I came across <laughs> that and uh that that was a lot of fun i so many jane austen themed christmas movies from Hall. it's great I, I i don't know how closely to the book they bothered to stick rather other than take the uh, the name of the characters, but yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the influence, I guess, but <laughs> it was, it was fun. And I've, I don't think I've seen a Lacey uh, Chaubert Christmas movie yet. I mean, that's how little of Hallmark films I've, I've well, seen. She so. is definitely one of the, uh, she's one of the Queens of yeah. that. Um, I, I was looking at her internet movie database page. It is all these Christmas movies, multiple ones per year. And I, my goodness. <laughs> I have read um, from a few of these actresses that we see a lot, Alicia Witt, Candace Cameron Bure is another mm -hmm. one, Lacey Chabert, that part of the reason they keep going back is because the experience of filming these is so much fun. Um, mm. They've mentioned that it's not only the cast that has a uh, familial community aspect to it. They find that even the caterers, the crew, it's just always a really nice experience. And if you think about how Hollywood and that kind of um, 
if that is your job, you can see how stressful that would be. And so I, I really yeah. appreciate how a lot of these actors do it because it gives them a different experience than that breakneck pace of constant filming and promoting. It's nice that these movies that are wholesome and family focused actually have that sense behind the scenes as well. Yesterday, as I was watching, I was really just paying attention. Yeah. And because often I hear people say, well, we're just going to play it on the background and do stuff. But I mean, just the, uh, the, the colors, the, the background decorations, the music. So, I mean, you take out all the actors, I would still probably just watch it because it's oh, so pretty. It's, and it's so intentional. I mean, I yeah. watch some of them and you can tell that usually the heroine has a Christmas palette wardrobe. They're yeah. wearing either green or cranberry or gold and I do think that they frame it so that if you paused it at any point in the movie or you look up from gift wrapping, you're going to have a portrait of a Christmas scene. It's so mm-hmm. well thought out. So, yeah. Um, and yesterday we, we I don't know, the temperature had dropped down to um, 70 degrees Fahrenheit we had had some pretty warm muggy days and it just, it was, I had the window open, cool air was oh, blowing through. Oh, that's so and, nice. And then yeah. I got some Christmas feels and it was, those things are going to be addicting. So <laughs> they are, I mean, I, some people love the summer, but yeah, it was about yeah. a, I, in your temps, it was about 103 here on the weekend. And then mm-hmm. now it's down to about where you are. So we had a bit of a cool drop too. Yeah. It's yeah. So humid. So yes. Yes, I, <laughs> you got to find a way to cool down one way or the yeah. other. So, um, yeah, it was, it was funny. You know, you know how these things are going to end, but you know, I'm sitting there thinking, Oh, is this going to work out in the end? Is, how is, how is it going to work out and all this? And I needed it and it was, it was good. Yeah. So, you know, you had mentioned one film uh, that I, I saw some pictures of it. It was uh, crashing through the snow. Yeah. I just uh, heard about this one. Me too. Uh, I saw Amy Ackers in it, so I signed me up. <laughs> she is, and she actually has been in a few of these. She was in Nutcracker mm-hmm. Christmas, which is set during uh, the Nutcracker Ballet, and she mm-hmm. was one in one called, I believe, Dear Santa. Um, yes, I've she's seen that one. Fantastic actress, and I find that when she's in these, it kind of just elevates them. She's so authentic and natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's an actress with quite a stretch and a range in her background. Yes, um, uh, yeah, I think we we talked about her last time. But, um, I, I yeah, I saw the Dear Santa one, which I really liked. Yeah, and she's she can pull off being sweet and wholesome. Oh yeah, and then she can go demented. You know. Oh <laughs> she yeah, she is easily, a wide so. and you know she's someone who I think probably just enjoys the break of doing some of these because mm-hmm. her other work can be so such a wide range. So yeah, good for her. Yeah. Also, and I don't know if we mentioned this before. Um, I find that Hallmark is and Lifetime and the channels that produce these films allow actresses who are over the age limit of what would usually be considered a romantic lead in Hollywood to still play romantic leads. If you go to your typical Hollywood movie right now, actresses like Candace Cameron Bure and Amy Acker, even though they're by no means old, these women are in their forties. They're very attractive and wonderful. They would not be getting these lead roles. And I think that that is another wonderful thing that Hallmark allows actresses who are outside of the metric of what is the ideal Hollywood mid twenties romantic lead to still have these great parts. So yay. Yeah, I, I was noticing that on uh, the uh, Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe that uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but, you know, he had some silver on his temples. Yeah. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> you're is... allowed to be a real human and be in a Hallmark movie. It's wonderful. Yeah. I I found and I can't I don't know if we've mentioned this before. I, I might have forgotten it, but um, they actually have a uh, Hallmark movie checklist app for your phone. Yes. And I downloaded that. So just to, oh, try, cool. just to try it out. And, <laughs> and it's not just for Christmas movies, but they have all, all their movies and, and their mysteries and um, their dramas, all that stuff. And it's just they're, basically a checklist. Yeah. They're one of the things that over the pandemic, 
they didn't stop. They really didn't. They've still been filming all of their stuff. So mm -hmm. there's definitely not there's a shortage of <laughs> Hallmark content out there for any time of year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we need we need some good, wholesome joy yes. uh, these days. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So do you have any movie in particular you're looking forward to in um, I, July? I do want to see the new Amy Acker. And as I mentioned um, earlier before we started recording uh this past december i was so busy promoting my very merry holiday movie guide books that ironically i missed a lot of this year's christmas offerings so i don't know if i have a particular one but i'd like to go back at some point in the summer when i have some downtime and look through and be like oh i missed that one and missed that one and try to catch up uh just to see so i i also and i think this is one of your questions for later on but I, there's a few that I always catch if they're on. So I always look for them. But the other thing I'm yeah. looking forward to is just having Hallmark Christmas on in my house. Because um, <laughs> I'll often just leave the channel on W Network here. That's who plays the Hallmark content and just go about my day, but just know that there's something happy on in the background um, and not the news. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not the news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I kind of have to laugh because uh, like you last year, you know, I, I got this book and I saw all these guides and, and for me, it's overwhelming because I don't see a lot to see all those mm -hmm. movies. And so this, I'm like, this is great. This will give me a place to start. And then I hardly ever, I, I've actually maybe one. <laughs> I just oh, run out of time. <laughs> time flies. It's just nice to know that they're there, but it also... Yeah best intentions to sit and just watch and it just never happens but yeah. hey um they're not going anywhere and that's the great right. thing about them <laughs> right yeah they'll they'll be there uh, yeah <laughs> now you had mentioned um the hallmark now that's their streaming service i believe right? so yeah and i believe okay. you can pay a subscription and i might be just uh i get advertisements for it so i might be making this up and i'm definitely not employed by hallmark but i do believe that you can pay a monthly subscription to hallmark now and you can access a range of their series and christmas movies so if you just want to catch up and they will put their new content on there usually a okay. little bit after it premieres on the channels mm -hmm. but if you want to just have your own christmas in july then that's a great way to do it if you don't want to you know uh get hallmark on cable or you don't have cable the hallmark now right. app um is great and you can get it for canadians you can get it here as well and uh watch all the hallmark christmas cool. movies you want whenever you want <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah <laughs> I, I i think i might try it out at least just for the month and and uh see how it works so uh get get my christmas movie fix so. yeah <laughs> Um, now what, uh, what for you is, is a good Hallmark Christmas movie and, and versus what do you think? Oh, that's just going to be background noise oh. or background decorations. Like, it, or do, are you the kind that doesn't matter how good it is or how bad you're just going to sit and watch it? I will usually watch them. I mean, I do confess that I'll often have them in the background. Um, I'm usually either writing and or editing a book at all times in my life. So I don't, I do have them on when I'm doing email correspondence or that kind of thing. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with the cast. I think that I can usually tell within the first while if there are just some in any medium, there are some actors and actresses that just don't have a natural chemistry um, and mm -hmm. so usually that has a lot to do with it. If I see that there's an early spark. Um, and I think that we were talking about this earlier in terms of a Christmas carol and how that is done so many times. So when I see Dickens per se, like that David Copperfield, it's taking something familiar and adding a different twist that makes it exciting. I would say the same for Hallmark. You can tell when things are just following the connect the dots formula. I like it when there's something that's just a little bit different. Um, this past Christmas, and I'm just going to check my notes because I'm blanking on the title. 
this is the thing with Hallmark Christmas movies. There are so many that have so many Christmassy titles <laughs> that you get them mixed up. Um, yeah. I was really impressed with one called One Royal Holiday that came out last year mm-hmm. because it cast four Broadway actors and actresses who were currently not working due to the pandemic. And the fact that they had stage actors worked really well. Not only did they work really well with each other and the instant chemistry you need between these leads, they also are obviously trained singers. So they added that musical element and it made me, it was Aaron Tavette and uh, Laura Osnes who were the leads. And what set it apart was you could tell that stage actors do really well in these. They can learn their lines quickly. I mean, Hallmark produces so many of these. They are able to instantly connect with other people because they have to sell the same kind of love story on stage in a very short amount of time. So that's something that stood out. Often the chemistry, if there's something a little bit different, if it's a different location, Hallmark's been doing um, movies that are set in Vienna, in Ireland, in Paris, in Italy. If there's a different location, and it's not just a different location as filmed in Vancouver, but that they actually go there and film, that's something that impresses me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are any filmed in Toronto near you? Oh, there's tons filmed in Toronto. Yeah. Um, And then it's like, it's New York, but it's actually just Toronto, but I would say Vancouver and British Columbia, that's Mm. where the majority of these are filmed. All right. So we're watching one set in Toronto and we see you jumping in the background. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me. (laughs) That's cool. Uh, you said you've had a lot to catch up on and you're looking, are you going to be able to get some time here in July to, to watch? I some? hope so. Um, <laughs> one of the things about being a writer and trying to make a living as a writer is you often have to write many, many things for all of those things to add up. So I right. have, uh, I usually have a few deadlines on the go. Um, but I, I think that I'll make some time, <laughs> especially because <laughs> last Christmas was such a whirlwind. Um, but sometimes I have to tell you, Art, and it's going to sound really cheesy. I just get excited for when they're on TV. It just makes me feel mm-hmm. happy inside. Whether or not I can pay all the attention to them, just knowing that they're there as a backdrop even makes yeah. me excited. Well, we, we've uh, talked about in our uh, Christmas podcast community of um, you know, we've talked about how back in when we were kids, you know, like the, the Grinch cartoon or the, the mm-hmm. Snoopy cartoon would be on and you would know like the whole neighborhood or the whole town is sitting down to watch that. Yeah. And now when we, with the streaming services, you kind of lose that magic a little bit. You do. I actually just read an article about how nostalgia with new generations is probably gone forever in the way it used to be because mm-hmm. I was just reading an article about this. When I was a kid in the nineties, Thursday night, everybody watched friends or you only had two radio stations that everybody listened to. So everybody listened to the same music at once. Now there's no set time for anything. People binge things within an afternoon. You don't have that sense of collective memory. And so nostalgia to think about the times when everybody kind of had the same experiences, just like you were saying, that's kind of over. And I think that during the pandemic, the the gist of this article was that's why so many people are going back and watching Friends and Saved by the Bell and all of these 90s shows that have music and clothes from a simpler time and the Grinch cartoon um you know Muppet Christmas Carol so many of my favorites from a kid uh, this was a year I actually took a lot of them out because the world had been so dark you just want to watch Muppet Christmas Carol and feel warm inside because it reminds you of a happier time and I think that that's something that sadly we're losing a lot of because there are almost too many options for entertainment. It's a blessing and a curse. Right. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of binging, uh, but I, I understand 
But then when I watch a show that's once a week, I want to binge it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But there yeah. is, there's a lost art to, um, and I mean, Dickens knew, I always want to oh, say oh, yeah. Dickens with you, but Dickens knew the art of this because his work was serialized. Yep. And I just, we've, everything now during the pandemic, when everything was closed, it's wonderful that we had Kindles and we could get books mm. like that and we could get streaming Absolutely. like that. But in non-pandemic time, which is hopefully the rest of time, um, <laughs> we've lost some of that excitement. If mm -hmm. you, when I was a kid, if you missed a show on TV, you missed it. Like that was it until summer reruns came. Um, yeah. it, it really was a different world now you just, mm. you can watch everything just like that. And there's not really that collective experience of talking about something the next day or, oh my gosh, everybody, right. you got to get home. It's the season finale <laughs> of whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now with, with binging, uh, you know, now if it's a really popular show, everyone's going to be talking about it because they finished the series and, and you hadn't started yet. And you're like, well, and you almost have to it. avoid social media. Um, I don't want spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, it is that again, it's that collective moment in time, but it plays out. I, I with mm. huge things like say the series finale of game of Thrones Twitter that night was just it seemed like the entire world was watching the same thing, mm -hmm. but it's still not. It's just the world has changed so much. So I, yeah. I really do. I think that we've lost that sense of creating nostalgia and memories and hopefully mm. Christmas, because it's a slightly different experience can help people still reclaim a bit of that. And uh, Hallmark definitely qualifies for that harken back to simpler times thing. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I was about to segue to your book because in, in your book, you're the very merry holiday movie guy. Oh, yeah. You, you give ideas for people to have parties and get together. Yeah. So it's not just watch this movie, but make it an experience, you know, with your family uh, or friends. And, uh, you know, I, I like my, middle son and I, we've been watching a couple of uh, Star Wars and um, Marvel shows on Disney Plus, yeah. and they've been releasing those just once a week. Oh, that's uh, cool, because it's kind of like the old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I've at least one of my sons, the other one, he's he's 18 and has his own account. So he he's up at three in the morning watching it, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I said, you know, we'll watch this together. Uh, just humor me on this because um, I like, I'm enjoying them more because I'm sitting down with my son to watch them yeah. than if I just watched it on my laptop some afternoon it's an event. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. You, you're setting out time for that specific thing. Um, yeah. I, I love that. And yeah, because the Hallmark movies, you know, I did put a lot of activities in there Um Unlike what I assume, I confess I'm not really a huge Marvel watcher, but I'm assuming from all of my friends who are that when you're watching Loki, say, which is the new one, and you were yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier, and okay, I'm so bad at, <laughs> so bad at Marvel, but um, right. <laughs> I'm assuming that it's full of Easter eggs and things you want to pay attention to. Yep. Hallmark Christmas movies, for the most part, you can miss a few minutes or talk to your friend and turn back to it and you're still going to be able to pick up uh what's going on so yeah. it's a good it's a good thing to have that you can do other things at the same time whereas the event of some of those uh disney plus things that people are streaming part of the fun is zoning in and talking about it after like oh did you notice that this one thing ties into this thing because that's an entire world um yeah. The other Hallmark is an entire world of Christmas. So it's not just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to every little detail if you're busy chatting or baking or what have you. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you just pretty much described my son after we watch a show. He's like, Did you see that? Did you see this? Did you, this little thing yeah. on this guy's <laughs> desk in the background? And I'm like, No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, he's into dissecting all that stuff. So. That's pretty funny. Um, all right. So now I'm going to ask you a most difficult question. 
do you have like a list of top five, top yeah, 10 so favorites? It's so hard, but I did do it. Um, <laughs> All right. And I, it's a range of just the ones that I tend to, that just tend to be my comfort views or the ones that I just make me really happy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I mentioned this on the last one because I tend to mention it in all of these. Um, my all-time favorite is a very merry mix-up with Alicia Witt. Um, it's about a woman who accidentally goes to the wrong house thinking it's her fiance's family's place for Christmas. And it's just a really warm, wonderful story. The leads have chemistry. It's great. Mm-hmm. Another favorite of mine is Nine Lives of Christmas, which has Brandon Ruth, who played Superman at one point, but yeah, now yeah. is doing Hallmark. Um, and it is just lovely. It really is. And I believe I checked. It's actually one of the ones they're showing on Hallmark Channel in July this year. So Nine Lives of Christmas, very merry mix up. Uh, Window Wonderland is another favorite of mine just because it's charming and I love the leads. And uh, Signs Sealed Delivered is one of the Hallmark series that they often have a few movies starring these characters every mm-hmm. year. Um, they're U.S. postal workers who are part of the dead letter office. So they return letters to the owners and there's usually a heartwarming story involved. And the Christmas movie for that is Sign Seal Delivered for Christmas. And I just love it. I think it's very charming. Um, and finally, and this is actually a Lifetime Channel Christmas movie, Love at the Christmas Table. And what I love about it, and this might appeal to you, Art, is that there are little hints of great expectations in Love at the mm. Christmas Table. Um, it has a Miss Havisham type character. It has two people who are orphaned and meet together over several Christmases there as they're growing up. So it has that Pip and Estella type thing. And I just think it's really well written. So those are five yeah. that I really like. Oh, okay, great. Um, I, I remember you telling me about the love at the Christmas table. Yeah. Uh, and and I, the other day I was thinking, what was that movie called? She told me it had a Dickens oh, there influence. It is again. So there it is. All right. And I, I actually, it was funny at Chris, just at Christmas time, I was tweeting about that movie mm-hmm. and saying, guys, I just, I don't know if my friend Allison and I tend to watch it every year. Um, she wrote a book called Keeping Christmas by the way, which is a devotional look at a Christmas carol. So she's also a Dickensian Christmas fan. And we always talk about this. And I was tweeting about that. And the writer of the movie actually saw the tweet. I didn't tag him. He found Mm. it. Like, that was intentional, by the way. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, hurrah. I was on the right track. So Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's always neat when you get those. Yeah. uh, Shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, we've got some movie watching to do here. So (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was going to see, I was going to ask too, like, what's, what's, what's your favorite way to watch a movie? Is it with a family all around or just by yourself crashed on the couch? Do you have snacks nearby? (laughs) I have to tell you, um, this is an interesting year to ask because uh, I do live on my own in Toronto coming out of a pandemic where, um, it's been a lot of social isolation. Um, our rules have been very strict. I've been mm-hmm. able to see my parents who live two hours north because they are in my quote unquote bubble. As a single living person, I can have close contact with a house, another household. But I really haven't seen or hung out with anybody else other than grocery clerks since March of 2020. So I would say right now, watching on my own has been a huge thing. Um, mm-hmm. I did see my parents at Christmas and I have to confess that it wasn't Hallmark movies that we watched. It was going back to some of the nostalgic type classics that kind of were the antidote to the rest of my family not being able to be around. You know, it was a bittersweet. We love the technology. We love Zoom, but it was a bit of a different Christmas. And so um, Muppets Christmas Carol was that was one of the happiest nights just bringing that out, watching it with Mm. my parents, remembering how charming it is. Um, So I do like to watch these in normal times with my sister, Leah, she loves Hallmark movies. And so we do watch them together, but this year it's been a lot of just Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Shouting at the screen. (laughs) He loves you. (laughs) I can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. You know, you're, we're talking about uh, multiple uh, Christmas Carol versions and things. Yes. And I mean, as long as we have the Muppet Christmas Carol to watch, do we really need another adaptation? I, <laughs> I honestly believe, and I know that a lot of Dickensian scholars feel the same way. It is, it's the best adaptation of that story. It's mm-hmm. the most fun. Um, yeah. Michael Caine is an amazing Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also really like man who invented Christmas with Dan Stevens because mm-hmm. it tells it's still Christmas Carol. You've got Christmas, Christopher Plummer in there, but I really think the Muppets just had something going there. They mm-hmm. really got the heart of that story. They did. And, um, <laughs> and may, I should have listened to the last time you were on, so I don't repeat any of this, but anyway, but uh, uh, Gerald Dickens, who does uh, one man, Oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas Carol. Yeah, he he loves the Muppet Christmas Carol too. So Oh, that's great to have that stamp of approval. Yeah, from- yeah. You, you've got Dickens's great great grandson saying this is an excellent version. <laughs> so it, it truly is. And it's accessible to everybody. And when I was a kid and my dad would put on the Alistair Sims, but when I was mm-hmm. like little, I was so bored. It just it's not accessible to children in a way that Muppets is yeah well see i i don't know maybe i was weird because i remember watching that version i I think that was the first version i saw and i i was hooked oh really good for you it could be i was watching it with my dad and my grandpa so it could just be you know i am hanging out with my dad and my grandpa you know and just having a family time and and they were into it you know that's their favorite version so it's definitely a classic yeah yeah. Yep. So those two are the ones I like to watch every year. Uh, those two versions. And um, if it's, if there's a new one that's looks interesting, I'll, I'll give it a look, but um, you know, I've got those two and that's, those are good enough for me. So we'll, we'll get that um, Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> yes. Movie here for a soon, good, so. <laughs> a really good Tale of Two Cities. That's right. It needs to be good too. So just, just don't, yeah. <laughs> don't mess it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Rachel, before we go, anything you want to plug? Any any new books coming out here in the um, fall? Or? I have a book coming out in January. Um, it's my next big uh, historical. It's called The Mozart Code. And mm. it's set in Vienna and Prague in 1947, just before the Iron Curtain Falls. And it is basically about how uh, my hero and MI6 agent uses chess plays and Mozart symphonies to overthrow a communist plot. Uh, And so it's got a lot of classical music, some beautiful settings, a love story. So the Mozart code is next for me. It's in final edits right now, and it's coming out January with HarperCollins, January, 2022. All right. Now, is that part of a series you said? um, or... It's a bit of a. Com- I had a book come out last August called The London Restoration. Um, that's also set in post war London. And okay. two of the characters from that book feature in the Mozart Code, but both of them are standalone. They do not have to be read in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I saw. Um, I think on Twitter, your your name is advertising the, the pre-order Mozart yes. code or something. <laughs> Everybody yeah. buy it. Yay. Yeah. It's, just been, <laughs> it's been such a big part of my life. I was just talking about it so much. I just put it right in the handle. So there you go. <laughs> my long Twitter handle. Yeah. Well, it, it's working because I, 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 I picked up on it and it was like, oh, what's that? I, I like classical music. So yeah. Now, are, are you a musician, musician at all or did you have um, to? Yeah, I, well, I'm at this point in my life, I'm mostly an enthusiast, but I actually, from a young age, I studied, I I was going to, books lured me away, but I was going to study opera. My first year at university was off. So I I love music and music history. Now I like it mostly as a consumer and, you know, when theaters are open as a, you know, watcher, as an audience Mm -hmm. member, um, Mm -hmm but I try to feature music as much as I can in my books. So that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So lots of uh, good, good books out there to read yeah. uh, here written by Rachel. So, <laughs> that's um, right. and then do you have a website? Rachelmcmillan.net. But I would say for anybody who wants to find me, the easiest way is 
My handle on every social media platform is Rach K Mick, R-A-C-H-K-M-C. That's my handle at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, which are the three places that I hang out at the most. Very good. All right. Well, we'll get that in the show notes and my uh, rabid fans will hunt you down. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, rabid fans. <laughs> that sounded creepier than I meant it to. So <laughs> we will find you. <laughs> uh, all right, Rachel, thank you for stopping by. And Thanks so uh, much, Art. It's always a pleasure. And happy Christmas in July to everybody listening. Well, I hope you are able to find some good Christmas movies to watch this month and other enjoyable ways to celebrate the season. Because of the uh, length of the interview, I won't have a story today, but I will leave you with a poem. This poem is called December, and it's by John Clare, and he lived from 1793 to 1864. So hopefully uh, this poem will, in this hot month of July, will bring you some pleasant and chilly memories of Christmas in December. Glad Christmas comes, and every hearth makes room to give him welcome now. Even want will dry its tears in mirth, and crown him with a holly bough. Though tramping neath a winter sky, or snowy paths in rimy styles, the housewife sets her spinning by to bid him welcome with her smiles. Each house is swept the day before, and windows stuck with evergreens. The snow is bosomed from the door, and comfort the crowns the cottage scenes. Gilt holly with its thorny pricks, and yew and box with berries small, these deck the unused candlesticks in pictures hanging by the wall. Neighbors resume their annual cheer, wishing with smiles and spirits high, glad Christmas and a happy year to every morning passerby. Milkmaids their Christmas journeys go, accompanied with favored swain, and children pace the crumpling snow to taste their granny's cake again. The shepherd, now no more afraid, since custom doth the chance bestow, starts up to kiss the giggling maid beneath the branch of mistletoe, that neath each cottage beam is seen with pearl-like berries shining gay, the shadow still of what hath been, which fashion yearly fades away. The singing waits, a merry throng, at early morn with simple skill, yet imitate the angel's song and chant their Christmas ditty still. And mid the storm that dies and swells By fits and hummings softly steals The music of the village bells Ringing around their merry peals. When this is past, a merry crew Bedecked in masks and ribbons gay The morris dance, their sports renew And act their winter evening play. The clown turned king for penny praise, storms with the actors strut and swell, and Harlequin, a laugh to raise, wears his hunchback and tinkling bell. And oft for pence and spicy ale, with winter nosegays pinned before, the wassail singer tells her tale and drawls her Christmas carols o'er. While Prentice Boy, with ruddy face and rhyme bepowdered dancing locks, from door to door with happy face, runs round to claim his Christmas box. The block upon the fire is put to sanction custom's old desires, and many a kindling's bands are cut for the old farmer's Christmas fires, where loud-tongued gladness joins the throng, and winter meets the warmth of May, till feeling soon the heat too strong he rubs his shins and draws away. While snows the window panes bedim, the fire curls up a sunny charm, where, creaming o'er the pitcher's rim, the flowering ale is set to warm. Mirth, full of joy as summer bees, sits there its pleasures to impart, and children tween their parents' knees sing scraps of carols off by heart. And some, to view the winter weathers, climb up the window seat with glee, likening the snow to falling feathers in fancy's infant ecstasy laughing with superstitious love, or visions wild that youth supplies, 
of people pulling geese above and keeping Christmas in the skies, as though the homestead trees were dressed in lieu of snow with dancing leaves, as though the sun-dried martin's nest instead of icicles hung the eaves. The children hailed the happy day as if the snow were April's grass, and pleased as neath the warmth of May, sport o'er the winter froze to glass. Thou day of happy sound and mirth, that long with childish memory stays, how blessed around the cottage hearth I met thee in my younger days, harping with rapture's dreaming joys on presents which thy coming found, the welcome sight of little toys, the Christmas gift of cousins round. About the glowing hearth at night, the harmless laugh in winter tale, go round while parting friends delight, to toast each other o'er their ale. The cotter oft with quiet zeal, will musing o'er his Bible lean, while in the dark the lovers steal, to kiss and toy behind the screen. Old customs, oh, I love the sound, however simple they may be. Whate'er with time hath sanctioned found, is welcome and is dear to me. Pride grows above simplicity, and spurns them from her haughty mind, and soon the poet's song will be the only refuge they can find. So just a reminder now, we have a cozy Christmas in July contest going on, and there are several ways that you can get involved with that. And the prize is, again, that uh, Christmas cozy for your coffee cup. Decorate your cup with a Christmas sweater all year round. And you can en- get entered in by liking and sharing the Facebook page or some of my other social media presence. And then another way is by sending me a, a Christmas memory or a Christmas story tradition, something I can share on the podcast for you. Uh, and you can get entered into the contest that way. You can help support the show as well as getting three entries into the contest by buying me a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash cozy Christmas. And uh, for $3, you can just, uh, you can help support the show as well as be entered three times into the contest to win uh, that prize. Now go make yourself a giant tub of Christmas popcorn, settle in with a stack of Hallmark movies and enjoy your Christmas in July. So until next time, be kind to each other and do good. And remember that there is nothing in the world more irresistibly contagious than laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.